0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Around the Corner, the the CoveringTheCorner.com Prospects and Minor Leagues podcast. I am your co-host, Matt Schlichting, joined as always by Brian Hemminger. Brian, yo.
1: Yo. (laughs) It's, uh, It's a good time. To, to be a fan of Guardians Prospects, because we need to watch something that, you know, hits. <laughs> Ouch.
0: Throwing the major leaguers under the bus, huh? Well, they deserve it. Oof. Well, I was thinking you said it's a, a great time to be a fan of Guardians Prospects. And it feels like, um, you know, I can't remember who the announcer was, but he always opens the game with, it's a beautiful day for baseball, because it always is. Let's play two, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just, uh, you know, we're, we're in a situation where the the main club's struggling, and honestly, the, some of the more exciting players on the main club right now are the the young rookies, you know, the Tanner Bybys, the Logan Allens, the the you know Tyler Freemans, the the David Fries. I'm enjoying seeing them get in there and make things happen.
0: Brian, would so. you venture to say that those dudes have been tearing it up?
1: Those guys have been doing great. I mean, I mean, Bybee did finally have his first bad start, and possibly of his entire career, yes. <laughs> uh, against the Tigers. So that surprised me a little bit, but um, yeah, he's well, he's been great, and I'm sure that he'll bounce back in his next start.
0: Well, I'm excited. We're already talking shop a little bit here, so we'll go ahead and kick things off. Uh, we do have unfortunate news to start the countdown, Ryan.
1: Yeah, I Daniel Espino. It shouldn't come as a huge surprise after last episode, if you remember. I think I kind of went on a little depressing mini rant about how I was pretty sure Daniel Espino is going to need surgery. Well, oh, you know that's I mean? baseball. Yes. So, and that's what happened. Um, so, you know, he he had surgery on his shoulder. He's going to be out for a year to fourteen months, and hopefully, this fully recovers now. You always hear about pitchers that had this injury, the the scapula shoulder thing, and that it ended their career. But a lot of times when the pitchers had this injury, it was pitchers that were older that had a lot of wear and tear on their arms, like, you know, Johan Santana. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that this is not a Johan Santana situation with the Spino, and that instead it is a Luis Urias situation because he went through the exact same thing Because I think he might have been a year younger than Espino when he had to have his surgery. And basically it knocked him out for over a year. And then it took him a little while to get, you know, back into the tune of things. But now he's the best pitcher on the Los Angeles Dodgers on a team that has, you know, Clayton Kershaw and uh, Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May. So speaking of the Dodgers, the exact injury was... He had surgery to repair
0: an anterior capsule, which sounds like part of a spaceship, but I trust <laughs> that it's physiology. Yeah. Uh, and interestingly, the doctor who did the surgery, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing Dr. Neil elatrache correctly, but he is the team physician for the Dodgers and the Rams. So I do find it interesting that
1: the guy who did the surgery... I wonder if he's the same guy that did it on Urias. I, I wouldn't be surprised, I mean, obviously, if... He's a team physician for the Dodgers, but that's just, we got to hope, you know, Daniel Espino is one of the hardest working kids, constantly working on his strength, his flexibility. It was the same surgeon. Okay. That's, that's good to hear. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get the same result. Now, the only issue is, you know, before Urias really became dominant, it took two to three years and then all now, and then all of a sudden he became amazing and, you know, has, not been injured since and has been able to go 180 innings in a season. So I'm praying that we get that situation and not, you know, loses a few ticks on his fastball and tries to overcompensate and just spends the rest of his career injuring himself. So I'm just just not even going to think about that. We don't want him in a van down by the river. We want him on the mound. Uh, Next up, uh, we've got, uh, how, how is our number two prospect doing?
0: Gavin Williams appears to be a, a, an effective baseball pitcher. Uh, I wish we could talk about what he did today, but we're going to save it. Uh, for the previous two weeks, he started a couple of games for a total of 10 innings pitched, striking out a little more than 9 per 9. Walked 4 in the third or so, but the real headline here is that he had an ERA of .87 and a whip of .87. Struck out 11 guys, only 4 hits, one of them was a home run, and that was the only uh, earned running allowed. It seems like he's continuing to to liquidate his opponents.
1: Yeah, and he's doing that at AAA after being promoted. Um, and pretty great, even better. You know, we're not going to talk about his start today because it will be in our next podcast. But his start today was insane. But before his start today, <laughs> before his start today, he had the lowest batting average against of any starting pitcher in Cleveland system. And I think he had the lowest batting average against of any starting pitcher, possibly in baseball, in minor league baseball last year. Like there's just something about the way this guy throws the ball that hitters cannot pick up that baseball. They, they just don't get hits against him very often. It's ex- super exciting. The only issue really in terms of what's keeping him from the major leagues right now is just a little bit more refinement on the command. Um, you know we're seeing a few walks here and there, and and you know that major leaguers are are they're able to to lay off some of those pitches that the minors guys just cannot uh, avoid swinging at. So um, I think just a, he's he's close, and I can't wait. So it's really it's, it's an exciting time to be a, a Guardians fan in terms of pitching because we're already seeing Bybee and Allen have success and. You know, Battenfield's been hit and miss, but he was never a guy that was even in our like top twenty for let's go tribe or for covering the corner. And you know, here comes Gavin Williams, the next the next big thing. So it's really really exciting that all these guys are hitting at the same time.
0: It's certainly not a bad thing, and I'm I'm struggling to recall a time I was quite this excited about a pitching prospect who was this close. He feels, I, I'm I struggling to say out loud that he feels like a sure thing in terms of that we may expect some fantastic pitching from him at the major league level, but the fact that I'm thinking that at all, I, I'm, maybe someone can go through the back catalog and call me out if they want, but this is great. I'm just excited. I'm a little boy excited about this prospect. It's fun.
1: Yeah, it really is. and, uh, and, and the best part is, you know, obviously, you know Gavin Williams, Logan Allen, Daniel Espino, uh, Tanner Bibe. Those guys are all like top top ten prospects. But there's more coming. There's more coming, and that, and that makes me even more excited. Knowing that, say something happens, and you know some some of these guys have have some some struggles. Like there's more coming down the pipe that we can still get excited about. It's not just these, this quick wave of super prospects. So uh, I think that's really where I can uh, keep that focus on down the road on what's, what's, what's coming next because the engine we continues yeah, to it, churn. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite thing, <laughs> anytime a Cleveland guardians rookie makes his debut and is amazing. If you ever go on Reddit, the, the Major League Baseball subreddit. Mm-hmm. They'll post Cleveland Guardians debut, six innings, eight strikeouts, one run allowed, two hits, no walks. And the first comment is always Cleveland fit- pitching factory. Go. Burr, burr, burr. Mm-hmm. It really does. <laughs> go. Because <burr. laughs> it just always is. That's just how it works.
0: Well, and my favorite thing too is every year I feel like there's like a John boy or, or someone kind of like that who goes, who even is this guy who just shut us out? You know, like it, it's great. I love it.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that's the, that's the, the thing that I can't wait for is to see just who's the next one that's going to be breaking out and uh, making an impact. So only time will tell. Do we have Brian,
0: any news about the number three man on our countdown since we last met?
1: We do. Woo! Uh, now, now you remember, Uh, I said last podcast that George Valera is probably going to be debuting before the next one. Now, that didn't happen, but he is extremely close, as in like within the next day or two close. Um, Because um, they had Roman Quinn on the Columbus uh, Clippers roster. You know, the guy that some people thought was going to make the the opening day roster. I remember uh, this. Yeah. And he got released today. So there's only one reason they would be doing that, and that's because they've got another outfielder that they're about to add. And and that outfielder is going to be George Valera. So uh he he is just like any day he will be added to the Columbus Clippers roster. So he will be finally making his season debut, I would think, at some point by this weekend. Mm-hmm. So there was yeah.
0: chatter in the Discord today about. When Valera returns, do people think the injury this season might push him back to 2024? And so I was wondering what your thought
1: is about how well he'd have to play. Well, at first, it's not even just how well he'd have to play. It's he's getting he's all he has to do is be be himself because he's excellent. Like just average George Valera. Um is about what you know 120, 130 WRC plus at pretty much any level he's ever played at. If he just goes out there and, and does that, that's good enough. That's a good bet. Because he it. he had uh you know some experience at triple A last year, not a ton, but enough. And the outfield needs a jolt. I mean, I I love Will Brennan, I love Stephen Kwan. I think Miles Straw is a great defender but they have the lowest OPS of any outfield in baseball. I mean, it's embarrassing. They're they're just not hitting for power. Like even even if they were just hitting for more doubles, I'd be happy, but they're not. Like <laughs> they're just slap hitting the ball everywhere and It's devoid and, of slug. And we need somebody that's going to come in there and crank a ball over the fence and throw the bat 50 yards. I agree. And and I and, and George Valera basically just by existing and with how bad the the outfield has been in terms of the, the slugging provided, just the fact that he exists is going to give him an opportunity as long as he doesn't uh, get hurt again. Like if he just comes back and shakes off the rust a little bit, he could be in Cleveland by June. Dang. But again, it's more not that he's been great because he gets, he's been hurt, but just how bad they've been. You know, we've already seen Oscar demoted. They're uh, they're they're playing Gabriel Arias in right field right now. I mean,
0: come on. I have some thoughts, but I have generally, I think, been keeping them to myself for the most part
1: this year. And I love Will Brennan, but he he hasn't been the same Will Brennan that he was last year when he just burst onto the scene and got a hun- over 100 RBIs and was just cranking doubles and uh, extra base hits and steals and home runs. I mean, he was just all over the place and. He's been good defensively. He's, you know, fouled off a lot of pitches, but he's fouling off too many pitches that he should be hitting hard, too. So we'll get to that, though, because I think uh, he is on our countdown list. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, tell us a little bit about our uh, number four guy on the list.
0: Tanner Bybee is the number four player on our countdown. In the last couple of weeks, he made two more starts at the major league level. Totaling nine innings pitched, he struck out seven. I want to pull up his game log, because if I recall, he had
1: one pretty good start. Yeah, he had one excellent start and the the Tiger start. Yes. So <laughs> The Tiger start cancels out a lot of uh, the good.
0: To break down his performances into uh, the good and the bad, at New York on the 2nd of May, he had five and a third, gave up two on four hits, five strikeouts, one home run. Very nice. Uh, against Detroit, he went three and two thirds, seven hits, four and runs, four walks. Um, it's the kind of line where, if it wasn't his rookie season, I would wonder if you'd maybe let him try to just pitch it out at that point. Mm-hmm. But and I'm it, also not sure what his pitch count was
1: through yeah, three and two thirds either. Yeah, it was it was rough. Like he he was just getting hit. He hadn't walked anybody his first two starts, and then he walks four against Detroit. The the one thing I've noticed about Bybee, and and I've been loving every start uh, that I've watched of him this season, is fastball command still isn't quite there. Like he still got command of the changeup, the the slider, the curveball. It seems like uh, he's still, you know, he, he has it at moments, but he's still trying to find uh, that fastball command where he can dot it wherever he wants. And because a lot of times when he rears back and tries to put a little extra zip on it to get somebody to swing at like a you know that pitch at the top of the zone he's you know pulling a little extra hard and and it's going a foot over the zone and it's just mm-hmm. not a pitch that got, that professional hitters at the major league level are swinging at
0: well and where his fastball sits now because it he did gain some velocity after entering the system that he doesn't really need to reach back for more at this point, well, I don't
1: think. I mean so when- it sits he, he sits at about ninety-five and then when he just wants that little extra bit, you can you can tell like he does something a little different and he'll get it up there to ninety-nine. Yeah, that that that's the that's the issue is he's he's having a little more trouble with that commanding, especially when he rears back for that extra. Watching him in the minors, he was getting a lot of strikeouts on his fastball. And he hasn't had quite as many this at the major league level yet. Is It's because of fastball command. He's getting a lot of his strikeouts on his changeup against lefties and on his slider against everyone. The underlying statistics are still sensational. Like, his uh, spin rate is ridiculous. Like, it's right up there, slider spin rates, with some of the best sliders in the game. So, uh, I, I'm not worried whatsoever about Bybee. I'm just uh, looking forward to when he can, you know, command that fastball a little bit better. Because if you liked what we've seen so far, I think we haven't seen anything yet.
0: Well, moving right along, introduce number five, Brian.
1: Well, number five is uh, Brian Rocchio, who is just wasting away in Triple H, right? Or Triple A right now. But uh, he had another rock solid uh, two weeks. Uh, slashing 310, 341, 548, you know, after a, a little bit of a power outage in the, the beginning of the year, um, he has really started to, to tap into those extra base hits, um, over a 10 game stretch. He, uh, had 13 hits with three doubles, two triples and a home run scored seven runs, uh, struck out eight times, walked twice, six RBIs, um, He's he's just been great. I mean, he's not walking a whole lot, but when he's hitting the ball, he's hitting the ball hard, and uh, I, I, I've he's been good all season. Like is he's it, just locked in. Yes, I, and he's been great defensively.
0: It's been very
1: enjoyable. And is it
0: weird that I'm most excited about the two triples? <laughs> <laughs>
1: i was excited about the home run because that was his first of the year like i was wondering where that was going where, where, what was happening there because you know he's got some pop um you know he's he's still you know not the you know the the most muscular dude but you know he can get around uh and and put a charge into one and uh it was nice to see him do that so yeah i mean he's he's definitely making really good loud contact right now and he's been doing it He's been making good contact all season. Happy to hear
0: this defense has been very good,
1: yeah, so far this like, year. too. right now, I would take Gabriel Arias, Tyler Freeman, or Brian Rocchio starting at shortstop over Ahmed Rosario right now. The all three of them, and and we've got two of them at the major league level right now, and they're they're just not starting over because once out of every thirty games, Rosario goes four for four, and I'm, we think he's
0: back. There are certain faces around the organization that I'd be curious to see when the lineup card gets submitted. I'm not suggesting it's like Moneyball level, we've got to trade Tony Pena, but I don't know.
1: I I, think about that sometimes. They're kind of weird lineups. (laughs) Like I... I, He's he's like... uh, Oh, what was his... Yeah, start Hatterberg at first base. Come on. (laughs) No, Pena's a better first baseman. Oh, uh, that was just one of the best—the best, the best uh, little mini feuds in the Moneyball. But mm-hmm. and there's always going to be situations like this in baseball where
0: there's a guy who looks like he's ready. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. And everyone's champing at the bit for him to get a chance. It's just maybe because we've been following these guys for years now, we're
1: like, "Come on, <laughs> yeah." I just I'm ready to see what these guys can do. Just let them go. Let them rip. So. Like, I just don't really see the point of a guy that's not going to be here next year being such a massive, you know, hurdle for all these young studs to getting a chance. So, I don't know. Like, I don't want someone to get hurt, but I know like, what you mean. It would be so convenient if he, you know, that back in back flared up again. I was thinking turf toe. I yeah, feel you know, like nothing, nothing, serious. nothing serious. Nothing serious. But just like, you know, just just having some reason to play Tyler Freeman or Gabriel Reyes at shortstop every day right
0: now. Well, my ideal scenario is that Rosario just keeps hitting triples. He goes on a tear. His value shoots up. We have the wonderful everybody's playing well scenario. We'll see. I'm trying to be more realistic about this season than I was in the spring <laughs> when <laughs> I predicted 107
1: wins. But yeah, I knew that wasn't happening, but... I thought they'd be better than last year even, so... Well, it's still a little early, I think. (laughs) Anyway, uh, tell us a little bit about our number six prospect.
0: Bo Naylor put up some numbers that just make me think of Albert Bell at this point. Like, he slashed 324, 410, 676. Yeah, baby. Three doubles, three home runs, five walks, one intentional, eight strikeouts. That just, that screen is... That screams Joey Bell to me. I don't know.
1: He's got the uh, on-base you know,
0: percentage above 40%. He's got a slugging percentage in the stratosphere. And
1: with uh, Mike Zanino striking out like 55% of the time right now, it's looking more and more like bow time here the the more the more we wait. I will note that Bo Naylor was caught stealing once. The nerve. Yeah, he hasn't really been stealing much this, uh, this year. Or had, hasn't had that same success. Honestly? But... You know what? That's not exactly something that you're relying on from a catcher.
0: And we know he can steal bases at AAA. I'd rather he not, and just don't worry about getting hurt. You know? like If we need to use it at the Major League level to get some action on the base paths when we do, great. It's good to know that he can run, but he he doesn't need to steal 20 bases. The bat's plenty good. He scored 10 runs too. That's ridiculous. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's great. I mean, 11 hits and what was it? Five walks. So out of 16 times on base, he scored 10.
0: Yeah, five plus the one intentional walk. Like Josh Bell doesn't have
1: 10 runs all season and he walks like every game. I mean, that has more to do with who's betting behind him, but still, should Josh Bell bet (laughs)
0: leadoff? So now that we're getting to the latter half, We're we're well past the latter half. We're in the evening of the countdown. Um, I think this might be the last time we get to discuss this player.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, I I noticed it as well. Um, Will Brennan was removed from MLB Pipeline's uh, top 30 for the Cleveland Uh, Guardians.
0: Congratulations, William.
1: You're a Major League Baseball player. So taking his place in MLB Pipeline's top 30 is... My corner cupboard stud Joe Lamp. Joe you Lampe. scoundrel. Yep. So that usually means that MLB Pipeline thinks he's better than that. It's just he was the next guy that wasn't ranked at the time.
0: So do you get to grandfather him into the... I guess you do. Yeah, I well, like
1: that. And, and our, ours isn't for MLB Pipeline top 30. That's right. It's for, it's for the covering the corner. You 20. scoundrel. So, well played. Because MLB Pipeline top 30 has Jake Fox at 10. Oh, does it really?
0: <laughs> I I scanned the pipeline today to check for Will Brennan and I didn't see it, but I did not go in depth, apparently. That's quite a bump. Huh. Hmm. You... <laughs> I really don't think it's true, but what if MLB Pipeline's listening right now? They're like, oh, okay, all right, we got a perfect. Okay.
1: But um, that does mean, well, first let's talk about Will Brennan. Of then, course. Yeah, we're we we going to make tangent there. And then when we get to the end, we're going to have to make a decision on which player we're going to include uh, next week. Uh, Let me pull up the line of pipes
0: and our website, coveringthecorner.com. Yeah. So I've got... We have a Cleveland Prospects and Minor League section under the Sections tab
1: on the homepage. We do. And the link's broken. Oh. Well, I have... Man... Here you go. That's our list of the stuff you. from this year. Because I already had it pulled up. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, Will Brennan still struggling. You know, we talked about it a little bit already. Um, just trying to find himself. He did hit his first home run of the season uh, down uh, Pesky Pole in Fenway. So that was nice. But other than that, it's it's still been a you know, bit of a struggle bus. 56 WRC Plus. Uh, Batten... 208, 240, 333, did steal two bases, which was nice, um, but no walks during that entire stretch. Not a fan of that. Um, and then just the five hits with the four singles and a homer. So, I mean, the good news is when he gets on base, he's he's making things happen. He's stealing bases. He's you know doing his thing. But just uh, need need to see a little more, and especially since. Oscar got sent down, he should be getting a lot more playing time. And yeah, this is it because there's a certain George Valera that is getting ready to uh, make his Columbus debut for the year. And if, you know, Brennan keeps putting up the numbers he's putting up, they're going to have to call up that other lefty.
0: Number nine on the countdown.
1: Yeah. Logan Allen uh, had two starts in Cleveland and They were his second and third start in a Guardian's uniform, and he was terrific. Uh, When it combined 10 and two-thirds innings pitched, struck out 11, walked four, gave up 11 hits, um, allowed four runs, uh, which was good for a 3.38 ERA. Yeah, I mean, that's just good. I mean, it's not elite. I mean, his whip isn't anything to sneeze at with a 1.4, but... So he's been giving up a few hits, but he's still doing his thing. He is attacking the zone. He's throwing that slider. He's th- his changeup has been excellent. It, it Honestly, I, I like watching him face righties more than I like watching him face lefties because that changeup, he's faced so many righties throughout his whole career that I think he's more comfortable facing them. You know, the, the sweeper slider that he's kind of added more recently, that's four lefties. So that's still something that's a little new to his arsenal. But, uh, yeah, I've really been enjoying Logan Allen. I mean, he's just sitting comfortably at like 93, 94 as a a solid left-handed pitcher and hitting his spots, um, throws strikes, attacks the zone. So you can't just sit there and uh, wait for a good hitter's count because he's just going to get ahead. So he's forcing guys to you know swing early in counts and still getting strikeouts. So, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Logan Allen. He he looks extremely comfortable at the major league level.
0: I'm delighted he instantly has become an important part of the rotation. We knew he was going to be a good player, but I didn't necessarily expect that his impact would be this immediate.
1: Yeah, I mean with with the I mean there's a reason they sent uh, Zach Plasek to the Miners. <laughs> I mean, they're like, you know what, Logan Allen, he's he's the he's the truth, baby. When Aaron Savalli and Tristan McKenzie are coming back, you know, if Cleveland decides to have Bieber, Quantrill, Savalli, and McKenzie all still in the starting rotation, they probably will. Logan Allen's making it tough on which one between him and ViBe uh, Cleveland's going to keep as a in the starting rotation. That's a good thing like well stated all around. Yeah, last but not least, uh, tell us a little bit about our number 10. So Chase Delauder
0: slash foot is broken.
1: Yes. Uh did have the uh foot surgery in the off season. Uh the good news is he has uh doing some baseball activities. He is playing uh in Arizona. Um, Excellent. I believe he is expected to uh debut in June at some point. Like I don't know exactly when in June, but
0: that's that's, kind of the timeline. Good news. That's I wasn't aware that he was up
1: on his feet and playing baseball again. Um, It's excellent that he's up in the Arizona League. I I don't know if he's like playing in games. I just know he's doing some baseball activities. So, so that, that that makes me excited.
0: I'm I'm excited about it too. I'm like with Valera, there was this period of time where we had heard some things about him, but hadn't really gotten to see him play professional ball yet.
1: So now we need to make a decision on uh, who is going to be our new number 10 uh, prospect when we return in two weeks. So we've got some options. Like MLB Pipeline is like really big on some extra young guys that aren't even playing right now like Angel Ganau and uh, Jason Shurio. So I'm going to nix them. Okay, I'm going to nix Cody Morris because uh, I think once he retur- he's ready to come back, they're probably just going to put him in the bullpen right away. And he's hasn't pitched all season anyway because of injury. So I think it comes down to two guys, uh, John Kenzie Noel or Joey Cantillo.
0: My vote's for Joey Cantillo.
1: That's my vote as well.
0: No disrespect to Mr. Noel, but Cantillo has sort of popped in and out of the top five of the week for a while. Was he in your cupboard at one point, or am I making that up? Never. Nope, never in the cupboard.
1: Last year it was Will Dion all the way, so. I've been extra excited about him this year because uh, he's healthy, he's been pitching regularly, and he's throwing, you know, 98 miles an hour, so. You know, as a starting pitcher, with a that's a south ball, so. So,
0: one thing I wanted to note before we move along to the corner cupboard here is when we read, I'm going to reread Brian Rocchio's slash line in his WRC plus, and this is the International League at Triple A. So he slashed three ten, three forty one, five forty eight, and that was a WRC plus of one eighteen. So WRC Plus is adjusted for the overall league. To give an idea, I guess, of how much more difficult Major League Baseball is, Wander Franco, for the Rays, has slashed 310, 365, 556. So a little bit better, but, um, but very, that WRC very Plus transfers to 157 at the Major League letter level. Just to give you an idea of how much um, more difficult average hitting is
1: when you get to this show yeah that's nuts and you know what if Brian Rocchio can come up here and do that 310 341 548 (laughs) I will take that in a heartbeat
0: that's um at shortstop with that defense extend him forever you know we'll see we are we are getting excited and looking into the future bad are you ready for the corner cupboard Brian
1: let's do it yes
0: at this time, I will allow you to introduce your batter.
1: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, my, my dude is Joe Lampa, the newly inscribed or not inscribed, but newly n- top 30 MLB pipeline player. He actually is experiencing his first little slump after two week- I After the first two podcasts where he was like a fringe top five guy, uh, player of the week. Uh, This time around, he's slashing a 171-190-341. He did hit, and what's funny is he was making insane contact and getting on base like crazy at the top of the lineup for Lake County, and then he turns around and smacks his first two home runs in consecutive games like right at the beginning of last of uh, two weeks ago, like right when we were recording our podcast, so I was like, Oh, baby, he's going to be scorching for the next two weeks. He hit those two home runs, and then that's been pretty much all he's done. <laughs> he only had seven hits and 42 plate appearances. And after walking like crazy, he only walked one time in 10 games. So not sure exactly what's been going on with him, but I'm sure he'll be right back to you know having good at-bats. Could just be, you know, those first two home runs got him excited and he's trying to sell out for power or something. But that happens, you know. Sometimes, sometimes hitting a home run can be bad for you. Baseball. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your position player.
0: Uh, my batter for this week was Jake Fox. Also, a struggle bus passenger. There's the word. Struggle bus passenger. Did you know... I'm just gonna move on. He had a WRC plus of 19 because he slashed 167, 231, 167. That all happened. Uh, four games, two hits, a couple of singles. He scored a run and he drew a walk. So
1: he did a thing. Yeah, he he just didn't play a lot of games. I think he actually had a a day to day injury. Like he wasn't officially on any injured lists. But he he missed several games. Yes, and thank and he, you for
0: pointing yeah, that out. More he, recently, he did just come back. Yeah,
1: more recently returned to the lineup. So, you know, it, it's tough to judge in a four game stretch. I mean, if he'd hit like three more doubles, he'd have had a line like you know Corey Holland. So right, and
0: <laughs> not saying I think this is it or that I hope it happens, but if it ends up being something like you know an oblique strain or something like that, then yeah, he's probably going to struggle for a little bit when he comes back. That hurts. Baseball is a
1: rotational sport. And then uh, next up with me, um, Parker Messick had uh, two starts. So uh, he, he had one great start. Uh, Messick went four shutout innings with five strikeouts and one walk and three hits allowed. And then he had a start with one third of an inning pitched where he only faced five batters, gave up a hit, walked two, struck out one. And allowed two earned runs. So I have no idea what happened in the game that he didn't get out of the first inning.
0: It's Interesting to me, yeah, that they would let him only face the one batter. Uh, one I out, wonder, yeah. I wonder if they're, I could see the value in just pulling the plug on a start with someone at yeah, Able. I, I don't know if don't it was
1: weather-related. or I mean, there were a lot of rain outs this last week. Uh, so that, that could point. have been it, too. I just I, I haven't been paying attention enough to know what happened in that start. All I do know is we're going to be talking about Parker Messick next week or next podcast. You know, uh, mm. I don't know if you saw, but he had he had a, he had an okay start today. Did he did decently? It was it was right up there with Mr. Uh, Williams. Mm. Well, we will be excited to hear about that when the time comes. So. I'm hoping he does it one more time so we can make him top five of the week too. So that would be fun. Uh, my pitcher
0: is Jack Leftwich in. <laughs> This will say everything. He started two games, and he pitched three innings. Oh. Yeah. And it was a little little bit of an interesting time. He allowed four hits, six runs, all earned. Had a home run, four walks. He did strike out six guys, but his ERA was 18.
1: Yeah, that's not And good. his fit
0: was above seven. Over oh. seven. More than seven? It's yeah. a lot. That's a lot. That's not good. <laughs> his whip was up
1: there. Doesn't yeah. matter. It's a tough week. It's know, tough couple of weeks. Speaking of FIP, I, I, I forgot to bring this up because I thought it because it is amazing in Joey Cantillo's stud start uh, where he got his thirteen strikeouts. Mm-hmm. What do you think his FIP was?
0: Ooh, I'm. Did he have a negative FIP? Maybe. I'm going to go negative
1: point two seven. Negative point seven eight. Jesus. <laughs> So literally he could have just told the infielders and outfielders to just go into the dugout and the, the FIP thinks that he would have been just fine.
0: <laughs> Adios amigos.
1: All he needed was I a got catcher. This
0: one. Um, random aside, a coworker for the first time recently heard the story about Doc Ellis pitching a no hitter on acid. They were so excited about it. It was great. I love, um, Seeing the first time someone hears a story.
1: You should you tell, you should tell that co-worker the story about the, the, the player that got struck by lightning. Oh, gosh. <laughs> You've heard about that one, right? I have. I can't really remember. I think he was throwing a shutout, and it was like the ninth inning. And he got knocked unconscious, struck by lightning on the pitcher's mound, got up, was revi- resuscitated, and finished the game. That's right. That's <laughs> right. What an absolute Chad. <laughs> and I think he got his shutout. So, yeah, that, that's that's an all-timer right there. But uh, so I, I would tell that one next. Like, look up the, like, all the details because, like, there's, like, a newspaper article about it. Like, the, the day it happened and it was, like, the 1920s or something. So. Um, it's like the
0: scene from Caddyshack, except he Highlander style absorbs the energy and just finishes the game.
1: Yep. And uh, before we get to the transactions of the week, or of the two weeks, um, there is one little miniature thing that we uh, have decided we're going to be keeping track of this year, and that is Lynchburg Stealing. That's right. Now, I haven't gone back and, like, checked how many total steals they had, but since our last podcast, they had a game with nine steals. Sure. So (laughs) Why not? You know, they, they set the, the, the record with 12 and they're like, oh, you can try for 12 again. And and they got nine. So I think they had like four separate people steal two bases that game. It was insane. So they are so fun to watch.
0: <laughs> I'm going to have to start tuning in. I Oh, now I see the Parker Messick start. Goodness. And that'll be fun. They um, <laughs> stole some bases today.
1: Oh, oh, what Lynch, are they doing? <laughs> Lynch, Lynchburg did? Yeah. Okay. How many, how many did they steal today? Let's see. Oh my God. Okay. I'm counting Let's 10. Let's see. Three. Plus two. It's, they
0: stole so plus many bases. One. It's really hard to count how many bases they stole.
1: So that's six plus two, eight plus two. Ten. Yeah. That's 10. <laughs> they stole 10 more today.
0: Nate Furman has 19 stolen bases.
1: Yeah, that's ins- that is absolutely ridiculous. They're gonna set. Oh, I'm. No, that team is so fun. So rare am I, fully speechless because they've got you know Colado, who I've I've been hyping up this whole time. Uh, Furman's been in and out of the top five. Uh, Jose Devers is definitely a guy that uh, has burst onto the scene. Uh, Angel Zarati's been great. Guy Lipscomb's been really good because uh, Furman Lipscomb and Zaradi have all been uh, were all college bats that they have Cleveland drafted last year.
0: Furman's on base percentage for the season and is currently 496 for yeah. getting. I on don't base think he's.
1: I don't think he's staying at Lynchburg for much longer. Is he going to keep stealing bases like that? I would hope. That's quite the pace. Yeah. No, these guys are super fun. Yeah, they are just absolute thieves
0: yeah, keep an Man. eye on the Hillcats for the rest of the season and we'll see if we get some individual so, records yeah, team records
1: had nine or more steals at least three times this season in the game
0: Like that's I'm not sure I ever managed to steal that many bases in OOTP and they're just out there doing it I'm It's an, let's go on to transactions
1: yeah let's go to transactions <laughs> I'm exhausted and and we'll have like we'll, we'll be more specific. We'll we'll make it like a, an actual thing on the podcast next 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 uh, two weeks. Um, but yeah, going on to transactions. Um, it was a busy and and these are just the main ones. Uh, David Fry got promoted to Cleveland because they need somebody that can hit lefties, and he got his first hit today. Uh, Tyler Freeman was promoted. Oscar Gonzalez was demoted. Sam Hentes was activated in Cleveland. Zach. Plasek was demoted Uh, Roman Quinn was released which was to make room for George Valera who's about to be activated. We'll always have spring training Roman. mm -hmm. In terms of new injuries for I mean there there were more injuries than this but the two new injuries that were to players that I think are you know more significant were Petey Halpin at AA uh, outfielder on the seven day injured list. I have not seen exactly why and Ross Carver, who was the return in the uh, Vargas Carlos Vargas trade with Arizona, he also was placed on the seven-day injured list with Akron. And for those of you wondering how Ethan Hankins was going to do, um, Cleveland activated him, which is great. Then they announced he was going to be starting in a game for Lake County. So he's not just going to be a bullpen guy, even more joy. Right. And, uh, um, that game did not go well. Hang on. <laughs> Let me get these stats there. It's not pretty. So Ethan Hankins in his single start went one in a third innings, allowed three hits, two walks, had three earned runs. Hang on. I'm missing something. So it didn't go well but no, I am I need to find the, the more details. Oh, okay. I guess it wasn't, yeah. So allowed three earned runs and one and a in the third end innings pitched with two walks and three hits and yeah. struck out two. I guess I
0: thought it was worse. It is nice to hear that he is back as a starting pitcher, however. Yes. so we'll Keep an eye on that as he continues his road back.
1: You know what? I had it stuck in my head. I, we, we cover high school baseball for my local newspaper. And there was a guy that hit eight batters. Oh. And I, and I was somehow getting that confused with Ethan Hankins. I thought he hit like eight people.
0: All good. <laughs> they so, let him keep pitching?
1: Yeah. Oh, boy. And nobody charged the mound, apparently. So I don't know if he just wasn't thrown very hard or what. But...
0: That poor kid.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, not not the best start to the season for Ethan. But you just got to remember, kid. he's already thrown more this season than he did last season. Last year, I think he threw one inning. So he's thrown hey, one and a third. Already a success then. And he's 6'6", 200 pounds. And he's thrown it in, you know, 98, 99 miles an hour. He's returning from Tommy John surgery. Let's give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. Oh, he he has all the time in the world. Yeah. Plus five seconds. It seems, yeah. And it seems like Lenny Torres and Josh Wolf have settled in as relievers and Torres has been closing for Lake County. So, and he's been doing a pretty good job. So I'm just hoping that out of all these young prep arms that they don't all just become, you know pen guys. I want some of them to stick around as starters, like, Tristan, McK- like Tristan McKenzie did. So. So. Well, I believe that brings us to the end of the podcast, Brian. Uh, we... It does. And uh, usually we like to do a little special something um, yes. to close out uh, the podcast, so take it away.
0: Who pays any attention to the syntax of things? We will never Holy swing, like Michael Conforto.